Welcome to Chalk and Coffee, where you can grab a cup of coffee, tea, or whatever you fancy, and sit back, relax, and join our extraordinary ESL community. Here, you'll meet like-minded educators dedicated to making a difference in the lives of their students and hone your craft. I'm Jacqueline Millay, the host of Chalk and Coffee, and I'm so glad you're here with us today. I love reading. I love reading big words like serendipitous, little ones like giggle, scary ones like haunted, kind ones like gentle. I love it when they stand in a perfect line in the dictionary, and I love them when they get all mixed up in a book by Dr. Seuss. I love how they can make you happy, scared, and brave all on one page, but most of all, I love sharing them and showing students how powerful they can be. The more words you know, the more interesting the world becomes. Some of my favorite words are in French, Italian, and Spanish. I read words on signs, cereal boxes, and shampoo bottles, but I really like reading them in stories or finding them in letters in my mailbox. And I just happen to find someone who loves reading words as much as I do. You are in for a treat today as we welcome the wonderful Hélène Zuguet to Chalk and Coffee. Hélène is an elementary ESL teacher and a pedagogical consultant for elementary and secondary at the Centre de Service Scolaire Sorel Tracy and has worked on various MEQ, MELS, and MEES or MEES task teams. Uh, she's worked for them for the development of scales for elementary school ESL children. She's worked for them with the elementary ESL cycle one program, elementary ESL progression of learning. She's worked on the intensive program and for the Quebec reading connection. Her love of reading extends into her research as well. She looks at the measurable benefits of oral performance at the end of elementary school when we start English early with songs and of course, stories. I'm so glad you're here with us today, Alain. Thank you for coming. Thank you having, for having me. I'm really honored. Well, I think um, I know that you have a little bit of um, a time crunch today, and I'm wondering if we can just sort of jump right in and you could sort of give us a little bit of your backstory about where this love of reading comes from. I have always loved reading. I know we, when I was young, we moved a lot, so we didn't know a lot of the people around. So my mom would read a lot to me. Um, it could be the uh, per, uh, Burgundy Encyclopedia around, or um, so it could be picture books from the library. So. I've always had uh, somebody read to me when I was very young. And then afterwards, I was reading to myself. Uh, we, I went to the library every week, came back with uh, my pile of books. Um, around grade three, grade four, grade three, I think, I had a teacher who had me take a book at the library and a book to take home because by the, ten, the, by the time the library period was, uh, was finished, um, I had finished my book, so um, <laughs> <laughs> so I remember this person, uh, this this teacher, very well um, as being like so kind of letting me read more uh, during the time. 
I was an avid uh, Anne of Green Gable fan and Little Woman. So who were readers also in the, in the stories and also writers and teachers. So it, they all influenced me very much. Um, I was an, a girl amongst four brothers. Also, so it was like my, some kind of my some special moment outside of my uh, rambunctious uh, brothers. So um, <laughs> it was it was great to, to have that time for myself also. And uh, when my baby sister was born, um, when I was uh, 19, I think I was being uh, I was training as a teacher, so I kept on reading to her and trans trying to transmit that passion also. So I've been reading all my life, uh, and I still am, and books are always part of uh, everywhere you go in my house. It's so funny because our, our listeners won't be able to see this, but I can see behind you piles of books as well. <laughs> it looks a lot like my house. I've got books everywhere. Um, so I love that you have mentioned some of your mentors, your mom being a being um, a big advocate of reading and encouraging you, your teachers. Uh, do you have any professional mentors that kind of have inspired you to? I When I started working here in Sorel Tracy, I was formerly for, from the West Island, but um, when I started working, I met uh, with uh, Anne Miette, who became my Anne. Uh, my Anne of Green Gable, my uh, kindred uh, spirit. And she really encouraged me to work with, um, with books, with picture books in the class, and really pushed me for every situation. Come on, try this. Let's try it. Let's try Reader's Theater together. And she really encouraged me to, um, to continue this love of, um, of work. Then uh, when I started with, uh, she also... As, as my as um, as my boss at uh, the at the ministry, she uh, sent me to work with um, uh, Quebec Reading Connection, which in to, at which uh, place I I met uh, Shannon Babcock and uh, Tiffany Clark, and also Catherine Byrne, who worked. Um, Catherine and Tiffany were loans of services from uh, ESMB. So they were very knowledgeable uh, people in the use of picture books um, in classrooms and the one that they knew so many books. Shannon uh, is also a librarian and she, or she would know books from elementary, high school. So I really grabbed all this information and also Maya from Babar um, has always been somebody who directed me to the books that I had in my mind to use in any project so she was uh, great at finding the books that would fit what I wanted to do with my students so these people were are certainly um, important people uh, who I have uh, who have who I've been working with yeah. Also, um, I've also had a lot, a few books that were really important. Um, the Read Aloud Handbook was one of the first ones that I did read, and the impression, the the important message that I got was that when we read, 
we have, when we read aloud to students, we give them so many, so much more vocabulary that, that the sheer number of words that we use to read, that we can read, uh, and when we compare it to books, to words that we can speak, is, um, is so, the, the numbers are so wide apart. Uh, I haven't read it in a, in a while, but it seemed, if I remember well, it was something like 6,000 words that we use when we speak in general, in the variety of words, while it could be 13,000. And we're um, reading picture books. So it's something like the, and picture books were richer than the newspaper. Wow, really? Just because, just because we use, the topics are so varied. So it really pushed me into um, pushing that aspect of uh, reading. Um, when I started working on the grade, with the grade one program, um, I included a lot of uh, reading picture books in it uh, so that uh, as IDs, because of that input of words that we could uh, bring and full sentences also, and like repetitive patterns. So it was uh, really, this book really had an influence um, in, that, uh, in that sense. Um, Good Book Matters also by... Um, Shelley Stagg, uh, Peterson, and Larry Schwartz. They're mostly from uh, OEC, the Ontario um, Education um, Institute. Uh, Institute, exactly. Um, and uh, they were very, um, they had very interesting ideas about how to use um, books in, um, in the classroom. Um, are they, sorry, Ellen, are they ESL specific or they're just in general? The, the they are. ESL, ELA, FSL, um, they are they are working mainly with working with uh, with books that matter. They're probably mostly ELA. Okay. But um, in Ontario, a lot of the teachers study when we study. We I, I have my bachelor's in Ontario. Uh, we study for being both FSL and ESL because we will we might have both. Okay. Depending. And, and the under underlying principles are the same in, in teaching. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Um, it's I find what I've found is that I've opened to a variety of uh, of picture books and IDs by opening to the ELA um, sector. Not that they are just a wider variety and a wider variety of ideas that we can use when uh, we're working with uh, on the two sides. Oh, because a good book is a good book. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. We use it differently. We can use similar, we can use it differently. We can use it similarly. And um, it's certainly uh, well adapted. Yeah. Do you have any other books that, um, that are your sort of professional go-to's? My professional, I've, I've really been impressed by reading picture books with children and not to children by um, Megan Down uh, Lambert. Okay. Uh, she is uh, work, she has done most of her work at the um, uh, Eric Carl um, Picture Book Museum uh, in the United States. She has really pushed 
the picture book as a conversation. Oh, with what a great idea. Uh, with the children. So you're not reading aloud to, it's a conversation together. And I... It, so when I'm sorry, when she, when you say a reading aloud conversation, it's because she's pausing when she's reading. For example, you would do a picture walk. Okay, you Can would you explain go, that to our readers. Yes, certainly. You would look at all the pictures. You, as you're looking to the picture through the pictures of a book, you're working along to build the vocabulary that you see. You identify what you see, your prior knowledge. Uh, you identify the things that you don't know. What do I need to know to understand this story? How does the story develop? As you turn the pages, oh, I remember this. Oh, I remember that. You're going back to the other page uh, to see how it worked. Uh, and you continue building the story, making predictions, making inferences as you go. As you are building your, your as the children are building their predictions, uh, they can, as the story goes, uh, they can decide that if their prediction is good or not. So it's really a conversation with the children. And so there's a lot of C1 and C2 involved as it's always, you're always talking. It's not like you're sitting there silently, you're being engaged. The children are really engaged in the book. Mm -hmm. It's like as if, I mean, you're reading to them, but they are doing the reading with you, um, you know. Exactly. To, yeah. Actually, at first, I don't do, I do the, I've had a, a few situations where I've actually measured the time. Uh, with my grade sixes, I often would spend like 45 minutes talking about the book and 15 minutes reading it aloud. Wow. Okay. And so when you're doing all that talking, that's before, or is that the during part? So you're, are you doing all of that pre-reading or is that sort of, I'm pausing, I go back, we turn a few pages backwards and. I, it would be like, it would pretty much be the during, but it includes some of the, it's like a pre-during mm -hmm. elements of it uh, because it, it involves finding your prior knowledge about that topic. It involves um, working with uh, the students, uh, developing the language that they don't know about. Uh, often I would prepare the, the word cards that they would need to, um, to, do, to identify the words. So I would, or have the, or make a list of the words that they don't know so we can go and look at look them up after. So um, there's a lot of action that's part of the, the, the before and during type of thing. It's not like Linear. straight cut. Mm -hmm. and, and I really like that you, you say you read the book, but then you, you go back you know, and, and check if their predictions were correct. And mm -hmm. so it's not a read from page one to page 32. If you're using a typical uh, picture um, book, you're flipping back and forth between the pages to create more of a conversation. In some of the books, I even start with one page somewhere in the middle of the book. Oh. Uh, one page that would pretty much um, have good ideas uh, to start to tell about the story 
that would help us infer, for example, I could infer that you're married because there's a marriage picture behind your, um, uh, on your desk. Uh, so that could be, I would uh, infer that you love books, that you love birds because there are some on your bookcase, um, things like that. Okay. Oh, that's, I, I like that I'd never considered starting in the middle of a book and just beginning with all those inferences. That's a really cool idea. It's, um, it actually works very well. Uh, the, the children are often surprised also that I don't, uh, work like from the first, after a while they get used to it though, but, uh, okay. What, where will we start the book this time? Um, and it gets them involved. It gets them talking. It gets their their brains uh, fired uh, to be ready to attack the book. So boys and girls are really, really enthusiastic about finding more about the stories as we go. Oh, that's great. Now, I, I we've mentioned a couple of your your um, paperback mentors here that are your your book mentors for yourself, your favorite teacher books. I just want to let our listeners know that I will put um, uh, all of those in our podcast notes so that um, if they're interested in taking a peek, they can check out our podcast notes. Um, were there any others that you? you uh, yes, because have? we um, because we we talk a lot about. Um, the visual in the book, uh, I really like uh, reading the visual by Frank Serafini. And um, picture, picture this, how pictures work. Um, so it's really how the structures, the colors uh, work. And I usually, uh, over time, I have prepared a visual for, for older readers uh, so that they can name what they see, express the colors, express the different shapes, express how the book is laid, is, is laid out. Um, if it's a square book, if it's a rectangular book from the top, if it's a long book. So there's a lot of, of vocabulary that's involved in talking about the book. And these are, these two uh, books were really interesting on that side, on that side how the visual helps us understand the story. I so we're that. looking at the words, but we're also engaging in the illustrations from the stories. Well, because they're just as powerful in their messaging as, as the words are. We, we forget Absolutely. That, I mean, these children's artists are, are, are masters at what they're doing as well. They are amazing. And um for many books, uh, even though I've used them for five, six, seven, ten, twenty years or some more, um, the kids still surprise me at things that they observe in the picture books. Wow. So and there's still things, and no, it's not my lapse of memory. It's really things that children have observed that I had never seen in the book. Wow, I love that. So we're, we're talking so much about the, you know, this wonderful benefit. Why, if you were to talk about, you know, some of the main reasons that you're bringing these picture books into, let's start with an elementary classroom. Why, why are you bringing picture books into the classroom? I just love picture books. I find that. I love it. It's so simple. Just love them. <laughs> just love them. I find that they offer us 
a multitude of topics. I have trouble with routine. Doing the same story, I don't mean to say this to a, 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 an activity book author or a, a series author. I, I personally have trouble repeating the same stories year after year after year. Picture books allow me to have a variety of topics and not following somebody else's routine. Mm -hmm. um, they have been, it allows me to work with the current events. It allows me to work with the situations that are happening um, in the world, in even in our lives, yeah, even in, in your the classroom. classroom. Yeah, uh, there was a fire um, uh, <clears throat> the night before, and I was able to to pull out a book about firemen and how did they work and what they would need, and or it was like stressful because uh, there was a problem in in, in an industry, or there was uh, a riot after a Canadian's uh, playoff game. Um, I would come out with a book that would talk about a riot and how people would feel throughout. And it's a simple picture book. So it's called, it's called, it's called uh, Smoky Nights oh, wow. um, by, um, bye, 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 Eve Bunting. Okay. Um, so Smoky Nights is a story about a riot in um, that happens in a neighborhood, and how the the, the peoples are taken out from their um, from their homes and uh, sent to a community center. But this could also um, we could also talk about if somebody brings up the topic of um, of the war in Ukraine. Currently, that's what people are living. They have mm. to run out with. Uh, whatever they have, did they lose their cat? Do they have? Uh, do they have everything they need? They didn't bring their teddy bear. Um, it's, like it's all a safe, it's a safe way for the kids to um, digest and and approach and talk about what's going on in in life outside of the classroom. Absolutely, there are so many interesting books about different topics about uh, um, immigrations when we have newcomers uh, in our school about uh, just the fright of moving with uh, Augustine um, by Melanie Watt. Um, this is one book that was probably made like as a simple story for um, grade one, grade two children. Uh, six or seven years old, but I've been using it with um, my grade six intensive, and they have uh, worked with this story. It also, Augustine draws, so she copies the the, the painting masters uh, in her drawing, so we're also developing to these painting masters. If you're using in grade ones, they've, sometimes I've seen them, but they, they recognize the line drawings that um, that Augustine makes to make friends. But then if you're working with a grade six uh, group, then you have like all this research of who these people are, who are these masters of painting and um, all the different steps in the moving process, the, 
the emotions about it. And this will happen at any time. It could even be used in secondary one when uh, everybody is changing school that year. I, I like how you've shown how we can start with the same book use it in grade one, grade six, and then even in high school. Um, would you use picture books in high school settings? Absolutely. Um, I find that they are so rich. Um, I, With the little time that we have when we're teaching, uh, they have a bit more in high school, but still I have trouble uh, seeing how you could develop the variety of strategies, the variety of, um, of um, elements in the short time that we have by using picture books that are higher in, um, in, in their level, um, you have these, all these same strategies, all these same words, just in a lesser format, in a shorter format. So the students, all the students are able to participate. For some students, reading is difficult. Um, so having them read a novel could be um, could could really scare them. While reading a picture book, they'll have the connections with uh, the the pictures that will help them understand. It's a shorter format. But still, they're developing the strategies necessary to read eventually a longer book. Um, it gives more time to in class to interact about uh, with that book, uh, especially in secondary one, secondary two. Uh, mind you, there are many wonderful picture books that you could use up to secondary five um, in a very interesting way. Now, this year, I, I do a project, and it, we call it Genius Hour at our mm -hmm. school. It's kind of like a passion project. And so I had um, two picture books. Um, one of them was called What Do You Do With an Idea? Exactly. And um, I, I struggled with how, because my classroom is a very long, skinny classroom. I, I And it was a secondary two group of students. And I couldn't kind of bring them all forward and sit them on a carpet like I would do in um, primary school. So I actually found um, a story on YouTube where I could project the book and the, the reader was turning the pages and I just turned the sound off and I read the book to them. And then if we wanted to go back, I could move back and forth using my, my mouse, you know, um, how, how else can we present the book? Because I, 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 sometimes I struggle. Like I have a class of 33 kids or whatever. They can't see these beautiful illustrations. So what, what do you do with that? There's a wonderful tool that's not that expensive. It's, we often find them in, uh, for around like high quality for around $100. That is called a document camera. Oh, okay. It's a camera that you plug in your, um, in your computer. You it looks at the picture of the book and it transfers it onto your uh, interactive whiteboard. You're kidding. Uh, no, it's <laughs> this has been my marvelous technology. I what's it called? A document camera. A document camera. I'm taking a note. Document camera. That is cool. 
And since I have found this, this, I, I think I would even go by my own if I, my school board uh, didn't, uh, didn't uh, accept it because it, it is so great. It, it allows all the students to watch uh, that, uh, that picture book on the interactive, why, um, especially in this time of pandemics. We yeah. try not to sit them all scrunched up and all looking at that same picture, which we used to do all the time. Yeah. Uh, in the last two years, we've had to extend the people in the class and spread out the desks and things like that. It has been a lifesaver. I used it before. Sometimes I use it to uh, just like when we explore the first, the, like that page in the middle where we want to discuss, I would put it, um, I would put it on the screen so everybody can see it. Um, I turn the page when I want to, I get to go back to it. So my book is there. I have my book right under my camera and it's just projected uh, on the interactive uh, whiteboard. It I, has I, been I'm, such a great tool. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited because I can see <laughs> being able to use that picture book and because text is so short, you could really even use the text as mentor texts and things like that. And Absolutely. You could dive not just into the picture, but you can dive into the text and you can look at the words closely and it makes it sort of almost as if the kids have that picture book right in front of them because it's so big and accessible. Exactly. Uh, another trick that I have is to have um, one book per group of three or four students. So I okay. would have like a set of five, six, uh, maybe seven in the classroom. So also if there are three, four around the book, they can also uh, work with it. Uh, with my document camera, I could also put a, a plastic sheet sleeve uh, on it and like identify things on it so I'm not writing in the book but I'm writing on the plastic sleeve and it's, um, you could also have I, I know there's a technology a technique that I can work on the interactive board but my skills aren't there yet but uh, <laughs> are but every time I change classroom I have a new interactive smart board and I'm not quite sure if I'm using using the one that I have to download the program for onto my computer it's not plugged in automatically so I, I love that idea it reminds me of those old projectors that we used to have projector, exactly yes, that we would have put little acetate and <laughs> uh, and and the one that would uh, that would clip the book inside. Yes, yes. I don't think many of our teachers still know what this these are. So well, um, we're we're kind of giving away our age. Exactly. Here, <laughs> <laughs> but they're they're exactly that retro projector thing. Except that the advantage with the document camera is that you will not smell your book burning as you go. Well, that's a good which thing. was the case uh, with that really strong light uh, with that uh, overhead with that projector that you had <laughs> that we had before exactly so uh, we're, we're kind of moving into the the next area I wonder if you have some time to chat about um, absolutely and, okay so it's about um, like different ideas you've kind of alluded to the idea of a picture walk already. Um, mm -hmm. What what other ways can teachers use books in the classroom? Books can be used um, to introduce a day, uh, to introduce a celebration, 
there's a wonderful full book about uh, Groundhog Day. Uh, we're often asked to portray, to depict uh, picture um, stories uh, about the different celebrations in our program. Um, often we were not necessarily in the in a situation where, okay, we're going to make a party for this and a party for that and a party for this. So a book is a great way to uh, introduce these um, celebrations uh, around. Um, they're great for, um, if, if you want to uh, build a work on the story structure, the different settings, the timeline throughout the stories, we could even have well, when do you think this book was written or what was the setting about this book? So we could put them in order. Uh, at one point I had, um, I used the variety of uh, biographies of different, um, of, different, of different people. And um, I had, I asked the kids to line up according, they all had different uh, biographies and I asked them to line up according to the date the people were born. Oh my goodness. And what then C1 too, because they're uh, having to negotiate. Uh, no, bef I'm before you or you're exactly. Wow. And then at the day, they, they were, uh, they were they that that person died or even at the, per the date of their main invention. So they or main creation. So they had to decide like, which was the biggest one that they had to do. So they're very active. They have to think of their book, think of what's inside. So they're also reinvesting what they have learned from the book. They have to talk about it. It allows everybody to know a little bit of what that person did, even though they didn't read the 26 biographies that, uh, that we had. And... Um, I love that because we so often think of reading as being a passive activity. And you've just shown how it can be a, a physical activity in the classroom and it becomes an interactive activity. The kids mm -hmm. are interacting with these books, with each other. It's uh, really rich. I'd never considered doing something like that. That's a really great idea. I also had that one point, another like um, active uh, um, piece of work is I used uh, the fairy tales. Uh, the do, classic, what do you do there? The classic fairy tales where I would ask them to um, build the setting. So I, I would give them about um, maybe 16 by 16 inch, each uh, inches piece of styrofoam. And uh, they would uh, build the, 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 the setting on it. They would have popsicle sticks to um, characters to build the, the story. And they would reenact some of the moments of the story. So wow. they, so that was that's done more with an intensive group because it takes more time. But certainly, you could uh, do something like it could be illustrated or drawn um, from their understanding. Draw the draw the the setting. You just read the text and then draw what you imagine about the setting, or you read the text and put all the details that you can identify. And by doing it as a small group, everybody sees uh, different uh, parts of the, the, the setting and they can all draw it together. 
And, and would you then have them label it in, in English to kind of target specific vocabulary or? It, it certainly is a possibility. Sometimes I do it, sometimes I don't. Um, it has, I, as I don't like routines, I've done many, many, many things and every time there's, they're, they're different through it all. I love it. The kids are so lucky. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I hope they think of the flow. <laughs> I think so. I'm sure they do. Now we we've talked. You've told us that you know you might start reading a book um, in the middle. If you were going to use a, a, a picture book, how would you go about selecting that picture book? And then once you've selected the picture book, could we choose one and kind of you talk us through? what you would do with it at the, the beginning, the middle, and then after reading? So, uh, for example, I would use, let's, uh, let's say, Augustine. Okay. Uh, I would use it at the beginning of the year. So I know that uh, often I would have students who come from different, uh, different places. So there are new students that are feeling uh, l alone. I would include it in this, in this uh, so I would think of that, I want the kids to feel good mainly, but I want them to develop that moving vocabulary or the different aspects of changing place. Um, so I would also include some vocabulary. Well, how did you move here? Did you need to take a plane? Did you need to take a car? Did you need to... Uh, truck to bring your stuff uh were you able to bring it all was it close enough that you were able to bring it in little sections uh in little parts so i would think of that uh i would see like what are the words that i need to have uh, to illustrate also so what do you do you do like a, a completely separate activity where you're front loading the vocabulary and you teach that vocabulary explicitly, or do you do that sort of implicitly during? I usually reading? do it. Uh, I prefer to do it implicitly. Sometimes I do it uh, as a front loading, but often it's um, in grade one. I'll do it more as a front load. In in cycle one, I should I say in cycle two, cycle three, I'll do it as it, as it comes. And the kids are brave enough to just put a hand up and say, what's, uh, what's that word or? Um, often there's, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll bring it up as the word comes and, um, or, and, or do you know what this is? And then some will have it as prior knowledge and will include it in the, um, in the, in the conversation. And then I'll put the poster up, uh, to have okay. the. And then it, you you've, you're doing your read along, and and you've you've decided to have them put themselves uh, put the story in order or something like that. Is that something you would do during the reading, or is that an after reading activity? That could be an after reading activity to put the story uh, in order. In Augustine, there's also a, the it actually has a nine square like a tacto grid on. Every second page, I believe, and they have like the different aspects of that illustration. So, for wow. example, it, it's really a, a very interesting uh, redone book. I I have all my books there. I know I have it somewhere. 
not very far. So every second page, this is uh, this this is Augustine. Okay. And every so it looks like a very simple simple penguin book. So you have a page like this. Okay, so for the people who are listening, Hélène's showing a, like a, um, one complete page, and it's got nine squares. Looks like exactly like she said, like a bingo page with different vocabulary that's pulled from that page, the other page opposite. From the it. other page, exactly. So you would have, for example, uh, they're thinking, uh, Augustine is introducing herself, and she's talking about how she was named after uh, Pierre-Auguste Renoir. Uh, so that's where we integrate uh, the, the great painters. But uh, she lives in South Pole, but will be moving to um, North Pole. So uh, there's a telephone that talks about dad's important phone call that he got. There's an atlas. Uh, there's a sofa because there's, they're, located, they're, watching the, uh, they're looking at the atlas uh, sitting on the sofa. There's the office for the for um, the desk in Dad's office. There's um, the mountains uh, that shows the South Pole, but there's also the um, the Earth, uh, the globe that shows the South Pole and the North Pole. So already, and Augustine is portrayed as um, one of the paintings of Renoir. Um, that you have uh, all all dressed up, yeah, all dressed up. Just like we have the portrait over here. Nice. Yeah. So there's, I, I love how the, the vocabulary teaching is almost done for you in that book. Exactly. It's, uh, that's why it's such, um, like, there's, there's the vocabulary teaching. There's also, like, the understanding of, and it's like a five-sentence five text. Um, and like it's really the setting and how to understand the book. And every second page, you have this series. So the, then the kids can look at this nine grid page and even guess, tell what these are. There are the flowers, there's the different uh, the, uh, uh, backpack, a pencil, a dress, a book, boxes. So things that are fairly simple for them to identify. But still, that uh, will help them build on their vocabulary. Mm -hmm. And uh, have a conversation to... about the book. So they'll be and able to contribute to, like you were saying, uh, contribute to that conversation as you're... Exactly. They're, they're often like predicting. I, ask, I show them the picture and ask them to predict what will happen in the next, uh, on the next page. And then I read the five, six, five uh, text and they are able to... Um, Yes, well, okay, that I was right on that, or we so already they're um, debating, they're they're uh, they're checking their understanding. Mm -hmm. It's not a passive reading to them. That's exactly, when you're, that's when you're reading with them. Exactly, we're reading with them. They are doing a lot, uh, a lot of the work, and not um, when they say don't let the teacher work harder than their students. Well, that's exactly a good um, a good way of doing it is by having the students interact and work with uh, the with the story so oh. all through I'm all sorry, through go the ahead. book all through the book you'll have like e like each page is like we're traveling we're going to so again you'll have like what happens in an airplane so they're going to their prior knowledge of 
I've been on an airplane. I've never been on an airplane. I know that you eat funny things, but do you eat fish and um, fish crackers when you're on a plane? Oh no, what would be on a, what would you eat on a plane? But as a penguin, that's probably what they would have. But uh, what would you like? But fasten your seatbelt. It's also something that they do on ev everyday task when they, every time they get on the, uh, in their car. But it's language that's um, everyday life language that's very accessible and that's not necessarily find, found in um, learn, ESL learning structures, ESL yeah. learning books and, hand, and activity books. Which doesn't, which doesn't mean those don't have a place. You know, you can no, no, not LES at all. And you can bring a picture book to complement the LES that you're exactly. doing in class. Exactly. That's uh, that's exactly what uh, what we're we can be doing. Um, both bo both are great, and both have advantages. Mm -hmm. Now, if you if you had um, an empty classroom. Um, and you were going to have to fill it with all these lovely books like Augustine. How would you go about creating your, your class library? Because I, I don't know if anybody else follows Quebec ESL uh, as a Facebook page, but I know that lots of people post and, and they say, my principal's just given me a budget <laughs> of $100 um, to buy books. What should I do? So if you were going to be setting up a class library, what, what kind of steps would you go through, Elaine? Um, as you follow all these posts, um, do make a list. I have an ongoing list of things that appeal to me. Um, it's always really important to choose books that uh, you will love. Uh, I don't know if I've mentioned that, but you will be using these books for many years, probably, maybe not every year, but you will be using them on a regular basis every two, three years as you change different change uh, your students. Um, so make have an ongoing list of these uh, of these books. So for IDs that uh, that are going, also um, consider having teachers' books and books for the bookcase for the children's bookcase so that you're not going to um, spoil the books for the children. If everybody has already read it, and uh, then you want to surprise them with a new book. So I, that's a recent add-on to my, like it's, I've done, been doing that for about five years now. That's I have how my, to. I like that. It's, it's my, I have my teacher's shelf. Yeah, after 30 years, I finally forgot, for, for, for figured that out, um, that, if I don't want my books to be um, like, there's no spoiler alert. If no, you can't touch these books. They can look at them. They can be interested in subtitles. They can, but no, they can't take these books. There are so many books on the other side that they can take, but they still look at them. Hmm, when are we going to read that book? So it does get uh, give that uh, that sense of. Um, of enthusiasm towards a, a title that yeah, they builds, builds anticipation for it. Absolutely, builds anticipation. Uh, you also want to uh, to talk to your principal or librarian because there are budgets. Um, often, 
your principal will not tell you that you they had they can give you a hundred dollars. So you mo in most cases you'll have to ask your principal uh, to get some uh, some uh, books. Um, over the years, many ESL teachers and teachers in general buy their own, and um, but there are budgets around that mm -hmm. you can use. So take advantage of these budgets. And if you ask your principals, your librarians, they often have money that they know they can use. And yes, you can buy English ESL books with that money. It's not only for French book. Uh, the library, you could have English books in the library. You could have them for your classroom also. So yeah, I I just this year we have uh, we've got a wonderful librarian at our school, and um, I I had proposed a, a very specific project. It was about um, creating acts of reconciliation. So Absolutely. all of the students were were creating acts personal acts of reconciliation, and for the last few years, the librarian each year has been adding um, picture books for children, poetry books, biographies, all sorts of books. Now, I, I know we're kind of going off the idea of a read aloud, but um, just the idea of accessing a special project budget might be helpful for some of our, our listeners and teachers. And we have um, at some schools, you might have like a foundation and mm -hmm. you, can, you can apply for for a grant and um and i remember one year i don't know if it happens every year but um td bank i'm not making a plug or any advertising no no every year they have yeah. books for grade one they offer uh, yes. books for grade one and, and they're free actually, actually the books come in free your school board uh, or school has to ask for them um, in our school board, it was chosen that we receive them for uh, in English. They can be both either in English or in French. We've uh, chosen to have them uh, in English. Each child receives one to take home. And then uh, you have a few extra books that uh, I think you can ask up for up to 15% more uh, i might be wrong in this one but it's like there's a certain amount of books that you can ask you can have extra and then these are these can be in your classroom and and, and there's so very helpful because you can use and reuse and reuse often the brother or sister has the other books and you can use them um when they're they're often just like just a little old for the well they're good for mother tongue but they're a bit difficult for first for second language so you can reuse them in grade three by having a few books in the classroom they're very helpful um and you use them two years later and they're wonderful for students to i have that book so there's this um feeling of of possession and yeah, they ownership. now they they're gaining control over that book that because then now they understand it which at the sometimes in grade one, it's some of them have been a bit difficult, but still a wonderful tool, and I really appreciate it every year. So that's I'm, I'm I had it in my head because I remember it happening when I was teaching elementary school. Where where do we find that? Do you know? Um, it's with the Canadian Children Book Center. 
uh, Centre Canadien, the, um, and then I'll uh, I'll put I'll find the address. I have it. Uh, I have the exact uh, information somewhere. Okay, and I'll put that in the podcast notes. Just and you can uh, yeah. add it to the podcast podcast notes exactly. Oh, but great. Um, yeah, it's with the the Canadian Children's uh, Book uh, Center. That okay. uh, that's where it goes through. So that so that's another way of of grabbing some books. So you're asking your librarians, you're asking for special budgets in the school. Um, what um, happens if you're like a, a teacher who doesn't have a classroom? Do you well, organize your library a little bit differently? Well, if you're a trolley teacher, for example, you could have uh, you have the you could leave your books at the li- at the library. You could have a special space uh, in the library for English books, or you can then bring your own um, every time you you take your book on your tr- the one that you need on your trolley. Okay. Um, often, what um, what I've uh, been doing is um, also is if you're thinking of, if you're subbing, for example, or if you're uh, not sure of having going being in the same school the same year, I often. I often suggest to keep your own to buy your get at least one of your own copy so that the books that were bought for the school you still are still at the school but you still have at least one to work with your student the year after before you can actually manage to uh, be able to buy an extra set or um, if you're subbing you some days you know what you're going to use, but other days there's no planning there, and the the, the teacher was really sick like this, and um, so you, you have do what you got to do. <laughs> you do what you have to do, and having a picture book is often a good way to get to the children's hearts. Yes, so. exactly, and and have all of their uh, attention very quickly. Very quickly, and because we see different groups, so you can use it like it. It it uses a lot of your, of of it 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 plans a lot of your time in a day where, poof, you're in a school. The next day you're in another school. So if you have a few varieties for um, a couple of these books for cycle one, cycle two, cycle three, or for high school, then uh, it allows you to have. To, to have a feeling of confidence when you enter a class. Yeah, and you've you've shown us today that you can take a book from grade one and you can use it all the way up to grade six or secondary one or two even. Uh, so yeah, you've exactly. got this lesson plan in your hand for six grades, which is kind of amazing if you're moving around like that. That's great. Less to exactly. carry. Exactly. Some, not all of these books do have that possibility, but some of these books have that uh, that extension potential. That's uh, that's really wonderful. Yeah. Uh, so if I'm, I used, I'm from an era. We've already given away our age when we talked about the projectors and, <laughs> and the overheating. So I'm of a time when I used to be able to send um, little scholastic book orders home. And from my students ordering the books, uh, I would get free books to build my own library. I don't think it's a a possibility anymore for us to do um, that. But how else can we get books into our classrooms? What I've done is visit um, areas where people speak mostly English, like the West Island, and uh, gone to yard sales. 
often family books um, are in very good condition. They're, they're often in pristine condition. The kids have read it once and it's there. The, they're not, they've grown and read many others in, uh, afterwards. And uh, so there's a big pile for very um, short, little amount of money. Um, unfortunately, these you can't necessarily be in reimbursed for, but it's the ones that uh, you keep for yourself. And as you change school, you move them with you. Um, you can um, also uh, buy a few new books uh, every year and keep your collection growing. Um, and don't try to buy all the books at once because as you discover the world of books, there's new books. Uh, there are new books on the market every year, and that favorite one of yours is just waiting to be discovered. So I you'll have it. you'll have so many. Visit your bookstore, your children's bookstore. There are a few uh, in the province that are just marvelous. Uh, there's La Maison Anglaise near Quebec City. There's Babar in Pointe Claire. Um, these are the ones that I know most, but I'm sure there are other very interesting ones uh, around to build your um, your 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 bookshelf. Uh, all. Yeah. Um, where where would um, new teachers or teachers who perhaps haven't used um, picture books uh, as read alouds in their classes? Where could they go for a list of books? I mean, I'm going to pick your brain, and hopefully, I'll get a nice list to to put in our podcast notes, but where where can teachers go to find what would be good recommendations for, for their level or their specific theme? Mm -hmm. You can go on Quebec Reading Connection. It should soon become a constellation, but it's still current as we are talking, uh, April 23rd, it is still called the um, Quebec Reading Connection. This site was built for Quebec students in mind, for Quebec teachers. So you choose, uh, you look in the search bar, you look for picture books, the topics you're interested. In the advanced search, uh, you will be able to find uh, all the books that they suggest that will include the cycle one or all the books that are included for cycle two. If you specify picture books, uh, they'll put you this list and uh, this lists up. It's an Excel file um, list that comes out that you can print. So, uh, but on the list that you look, you look at the, the, um, the cover of the book and a few information. You also have IDs, uh, suggestions to use it, whether you're in an ELA class or an ESL class. Oh, I love it. Okay. So if you have stronger students, if you're, for example, in the West Island of Montreal, where the population is much more fluent in English in general. Well, from my knowledge, anyway. Um, Mine too. I live here. <laughs> <laughs> I spent most of my life, good part of my life there too. So uh, that's my knowledge uh, also. Um, but certainly if you use this, um, the, these students, you might want to go and look at the ELA, ELA activities which will bring your students a bit more in the thinking mode, in the, um, uh, in the creation mode. Or if you're with uh, re uh, our normal ESL students who, have, who are learning the language as you go, there are many IDs also that are suggested. 
Um, I would uh, also talk to uh, my consultant. Uh, let's talk for um, the consultant. There are consultants, uh, ESL consultants in most um, school boards, and uh, they are often uh, very aware of picture books, of picture books, also of which LES it already exists that has the picture book. Okay. The, to Do, talk about. Um, and I vaguely remember, this is going back a few years, but I remember that some um, centre de service or, or school boards had like a like a, a box of the books that they could share with teachers. I don't know if that exists still, but... Uh... I, I believe it still exists. And some, I, I'm actually in the process of building these kits, but it's like... It, it's a long process, and I've been a consultant only for uh, for three, four years, and two of these years were um, involved a certain uh, C disease. Oh yes, that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I I'm trying to to get these uh, these kits along, but it was a good idea that I remember have seen in Des Affaires. Uh, where I think is one of the places we we actually met over the years. Yes, and um, they have these kits that include uh, the LES, a certain number of uh, of books, and that could be a suggestion to do to your um, to your uh, your Centre Service Scolaire, your school uh, service centers. If, yeah. Um, yeah. If it doesn't exist already, it would. It, it is something that could be could be built and curated um, according to LESs that are being used in the, in the system already. So Because most LESs don't necessarily have to be done by each class at the same time. Of course, you won't do Christmas at Easter, but in general, most, um, most LESs can be done at a variety of times. So if a couple of teachers are using them, well, it's great. So these books are being used, these kits are being used, and then somebody else uses it afterwards. So it also allows for a wider variety of, uh, of books. Mm -hmm. So certainly if your uh, school board is uh, capable of uh, finding a budget for this, uh, certainly it's, um, it's very helpful. Oh, definitely, definitely. Elaine, I, I do know that, uh, that you had a limited amount of time today. And I think I've, I've, managed to keep you here longer than than we intended yeah, we're still fine we still oh, have good. about 15 minutes to go <laughs> oh thank goodness because i was getting worried i i still had a couple of other questions um, feel free to ask oh excellent okay um so i'm i'm just wondering if uh before we go we've talked a little bit about setting up our library and we've got the why done and the how done um when we're talking about um the why. I can't help but remember reading articles a few years ago. It was how do we hook our boys to be readers? And um, today, I think it's more, especially with all the news that's happening all over um, south of our border, um, about inclusion in, in the classroom library. Um, how do you how do you approach those those topics in the classroom through picture books or or do you just simply put them in your library and let the kids find themselves in the books there 
I often try to include books that come from a variety of um, of uh, of different places. Actually, uh, Eve Bunting has been really good in um, bringing up books about different uh, types of population. Uh, for example, Fly Away Home is a book about a uh, people who have uh, um, uh, who don't have any home to live to, so they live in the airport. Um, wow. Gleam and Glow is about people who have been um, who had to leave their homes because of war. It was uh, somewhere in Iran or Iraq, if I remember well. So far from the sea talks about immigration of people. Uh, One Green Apple is also about uh, immigration. Smoky Night, as we mentioned, was mm -hmm. about um, riots, so running away from, uh, from the trouble. Um, we have uh, trained to somewhere for children who are um, adopted, uh, okay, who have yeah, been adopted. Um, there's also, there's a variety of um, of books. Amat de la Pena as the last stop on Market Street. There's also a book about uh, somebody's fridge that uh, right now I can't remember the, the first name of that person who, Maddie's fridge. Oh. About um, about actually uh, children who don't have enough to eat. Wow. Um, uh, there's um, there's a book. There's a really good book. I can see the picture again. I can't. Uh, I'll find the name. But about a child in uh, foster care and how it's like very softly done, but very powerful about telling that the story of these children mm -hmm. who are so in our classes. Yeah, it's so important because now this isn't an example from a storybook, but um, I, I work with a group of um, a couple groups of children who have autism and um, we were doing um, the, the Olympics this year. And so I, I had showed a clip from the very old movie um, Cool Runnings. And when I had shown it, one of the boys in the class was so excited. He says, hey, they all look like me. And, and I realized at that point that, you know, it was so important that I, I bring in the stories that the kids can see themselves in. So for me, I went hunting and I found um, a great little graphic novel called New Kid, um, and, and he could see himself in that book, you know, and, and his classmates could see him in the book too, because it's not, it's not just for us to see ourselves in the literature. It's also for other people to see. To see us and recognize you. us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have, there are many books uh, that are on the list that represent Chinese characters or um, more um, uh, Iran color or Persian uh, type of color, uh, little black kids from uh, from Africa, but also from the United States, uh, who are and from um, uh, Malalaika's costume, who is this year, which is this year's TV book, uh, okay. also is presented. She's poor; her mother is moving to Canada. Uh, she's living with her grandma. They don't have a lot of money. So it's like there's a lot of these books that 
allow for a lot of children's real life situation and they often are able to recognize themselves in these um in these books i think it's it's just ultimately so so important and one of the biggest powers of using using read alouds in class and you know giving voice to to all of our stories it's it's super important it gives the children a safe place to be to talk about it to if if they're feeling afraid, they they feel safe uh, before talking about it. Um, it also helps the others know what this person is going through. They are more aware, whether it's situation of uh, mental health with um, whimsies, um, heavy things, um, talking about. Um, I had about um, autism, but also about uh, trisomy uh, Down syndrome. Um, Also, um, their poverty. um, I remember Margaret Atwood, and I'm going to misquote her right now, but I remember her because she not only writes adult um, fiction, but she writes for children as well. And Mm -hmm. she says the most important writing that she's ever done and the hardest writing she ever did was to write children's books because they're so important. You know, it just, I, I, I'm so glad you came and, and I got to talk and share my love of all, all things story with you today, Ellen. It was uh, such a pleasure and uh, I'm ready for another one. <laughs> Oh, me too. I'm so happy. Well, hopefully we can, maybe we can do one about, um, you know, a specific book in the future, or we could do maybe not just read alouds, but, you know, maybe we could do some kind of a book study or something, little podcast. I would love Mm -hmm. that. Or books that connect together sometimes that make a a bigger story about that. Yes. And as you were as you were talking about the uh, makerspace and um, genius hours, uh, these are there are so many books that can connect to uh, to these types of things. All these documentary books, the, the how-to books, are also wonderful to work with. I love it. I love it. Oh, I, thank you so much, Alain, for coming today, and have uh, have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you, and it's been such a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Uh, it was uh, it was such a treat to get back to 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 look at my book collection and try to find my favorites and uh, and everything. I love it. Well, we'll make sure that we um, pop in the podcast notes um, a little list of some of your favorites, and I will most definitely put down your teacher books that you use as as references and inspiration and. Um, uh, yeah, I think that that we've kind of covered everything that I wanted to cover, but it doesn't mean the conversation's over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there are so many things to talk about when we're talking about books. It, I, I've been talking about books for so many years, and it feels that I'm always discovering something new. Well, hopefully our listeners will have discovered a couple of little gems today. Hopefully. Excellent. Well, you um, go grab your second cup of coffee there. Um, I wish we were doing this in person and uh, (laughs) I could offer you a real cup of coffee. (laughs) Well, we'll certainly be able to do that 
eventually. Hopefully. All right. Hopefully. All right. It was great to see you. Good to see you too. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me this episode. If you enjoyed it, please share it with your fellow teachers. And if you like what I'm doing here, hit the subscribe button. I read each and every email and bit of feedback, whether it's on Instagram, Twitter, or by email. So don't be shy and drop me a line. I welcome all your comments. If you have questions or a podcast topic idea that you'd like to hear discussed on Chalk and Coffee, let me know by using the message button on Anchor FM. You simply hit it and record your message, and I'll try to answer your question in a future episode of the podcast. In the meantime, grab that second cup of coffee and enjoy.